Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for loving us and letting us love you. For this reason we were made, to love our God. And why do we love you, Lord? Because you have hemmed us in. You, you lead us, oh blessed thought, and your goodness and mercy pursue us. And follow us all of our lives. How can we not love you, God, who first loved us? So let us love you first and best, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was magnificent. Wow. Wow. Glory to God. God is good. All the time. Never have children. Only grandchildren, said Gore Vidal. My dad uh, once told me he gets along so well with our kids because they have a common enemy in me. I wonder, how well did you know your grandparents? How well did they know you? How did they imprint your life? One young grandson called his grandfather to wish him happy birthday and asked how old he was. And his grandfather said, I'm 62. And there was this dramatic pause. And the boy said, did you start at one? (laughs) I mean, how did you get that high? Another grandmother was in the bathroom putting on her makeup under the watchful eyes of her young granddaughter who had seen her do this many times before. And and after grandmother applied the lipstick and was... uh, was walking out of the room, the, the, the granddaughter said, but Grandma, you forgot to kiss the toilet paper goodbye. <laughs> that happens, I understand. But even in recent days, in funerals, I have heard grandchildren rise up and eloquently bless the grandparents who bless them. I thought this week about my grandparents as I studied this passage about Jacob and his grandsons I thought about the different things. I have a happy memory from every one of them, I suppose. Um, Maybe the most interesting character was my dad's dad. Uh, He was um, notorious in our family, apparently lived a pretty rough life, and uh, he lived up in Washington State, and so when my father came home from Thailand, I think my grandfather was so glad to have him home safe that he made the journey from Washington all the way down to Illinois we were on our way to Germany and so I think he wanted to capture that window in time and I'd heard all kinds of stories about my grandfather but he seemed harmless enough to me as he entered our home in his bib overalls his classic bib overalls think Sanford and son he was kind of Sanford same kind of temperament I think but I remember sitting on his knee and uh and just listening to him talk, and then going to the A&W root beer uh, stand, and him feeding ice cream to his two chihuahuas. Tip and Zip were their names. He couldn't have been as bad as everybody said he was, and uh, I remember him well, and I think I connected with him because in some way he was um, a link to my past, that somehow my father came through him, and I was indebted to him, in some ways, the way they related to each other informed me, and the way I would relate to my dad, and in some ways, to the way my children would relate to me. And it occurred to me this week that every child needs 
to have contact not only with parents, but with grandparents. Because in that relationship, there is so much life and so much that can be imparted from previous generations. And the blessing, as you know, goes both ways. I understand there's some families where there's, there's potential of harm. I'm not speaking of that. But in the case where maybe mom and dad have a disagreement with parents and, and, and are tempted to carry that on to the next generation, I would just urge you to practice the gospel to live reconciled lives. We'll talk next weekend and the following weekend about forgiving our families. But one thing we know, as we relate to our parents and our children, the audience is watching. The children are observing. And so it's marvelous that God in his providence gave us a front row seat to Jacob blessing his grandsons who had been born and reared in Egypt. Would you open your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 48? I want to read verses 8 through 16 with you. Let's stand together as we read God's Word. The overall setting of this passage is Jacob wants to make sure that when he dies, he will not be left in Egypt. He wants to be taken back to his homeland and This is, I think, a a harbinger of the promise that God will not ultimately leave his people in Egypt, but will take them safely. And in the middle of that, there's this beautiful vignette, which I didn't want us to miss in our study of Abraham's family. Genesis 48, verse 8 says, when Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he asked, who are these? They are the sons God has given me here, Joseph said to his father. Then Israel said, bring them to me so that I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age. He could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him and his father kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again. And now God has allowed me to see your your children too. Then Joseph removed them from Israel's knees and bowed down with his face to the ground. And Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh on his left toward Israel's right hand, and brought them close to him. But Israel reached out his right hand and put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger. And crossing his arms, he put the left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph. And said, may the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly upon the earth. Let me point you to verse 20 as well where he blessed them that day and said, in your name will Israel pronounce this blessing. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thank you. You may be seated. How do we know when our lives are complete? How do we know that we have finished the journey? I'm not sure all the answers to that question, but I can say this confidently. Our lives are not finished until we have blessed the next generation, until we have taken that which God has given to us and passed it on to a future generation. The context is Israel, Jacob we know him as. Israel is close to death 
and Joseph wants to see his dad one more time. Remember, Joseph is busy running the world at this point in time. He's in charge of the world as far as the world went. He's providing food for the nations, but he leaves that ministry for a moment to take his two sons with him to see his father one last time. And his father delights to see him and really perhaps for the first time to recognize Joseph's sons who had been born in Egypt. He wasn't there when these children were born. He didn't even know that his son was alive, much less that God was blessing his son with children. So you can imagine all the joy that's wrapped up in this moment when he crosses his hands and and pulls one last trick. Jacob was a trickster to the end to bless the boys in reverse order and to say Ephraim will will be before Manasseh even though Manasseh is the firstborn. Just a subtle reminder of God's providence and election that he doesn't choose us because of what the world says. He doesn't look on the outward appearance but God looks upon the heart and he sovereignly elects. He chooses and he uses whom he chooses however he designs to do it and it's true that Ephraim that name um, which means fruitfulness will ultimately eclipse Manasseh whose name means forgetfulness maybe just a reminder to us that our lives are not only about the eradication of past pain Manasseh, but also our lives are about future blessing. And these two boys embody that. They show uh, Jacob that those who follow the Lord have, have become a new generation. He adopts them that day as his own sons and says, they will be counted with my sons. And sure enough, when the 12 tribes go out of Egypt up into Israel, Manasseh and Ephraim are named by name, as though they were Jacob's kids. Jacob so loves his grandsons that they become like sons to him. He explains it in terms of the painful death of Rachel, their grandmother. He explains it in terms of uh, God's ultimate purpose for these boys' lives. And you watch in your life, if we let it, fruitfulness will eventually eclipse our forgetfulness We'll bear fruit in our old age. We will, we will bless more in our latter days than in the former days. This is the promise of God for all of us. And so I say to you this morning that if we're going to bless the next generation, we'll have to engage them. We'll have to encounter them. We'll have to spend time with them. And I've watched many of you do that. And I'm watching that in our own family these days. My father, who wants to make sure everyone who goes off to college has a toolkit, because on the side, my father is a mechanic. And he dreams that one of his grandsons will grow up and be a mechanic like, like he is. And so he blesses them with that. And uh, Melanie's dad, who, who calls and checks on the boys. And my mother, who always asks about them, who has a particular interest in her niece, who has become a granddaughter to her, uh, Casey. So this is the family of blessing. And what I want you to see is that it's really a spiritual enterprise. It's, it's not about what we can give to our children. In fact, if all we give to our children and grandchildren is material, we've not given them enough. In fact, sometimes that blessing can result in being a curse, can it? But there is a spiritual blessing. And I think we hear it in Jacob's voice here when he shows us that we have the ability to tell the next generation about the God whom we know personally. And we have the ability by God's grace to trust that God who has walked with us 
to walk with them and to know that they will never be alone, that wherever in this world they go, that God will be with them. That's what this blessing of the grandparent is about. First, to tell them about the God who has blessed Jacob. Notice it when when Joseph brings them before him in verse 8 and Israel sees them and says, who are these? These are the sons. Listen to Joseph's description that God has given me here. Let every parent in this place say about your children, these are the children that God has given me here. That every child is a blessing from God himself. Joseph recognizes that. This shows you that the spiritual commitment continues into the next generation and Israel says, okay, I've got to bless him and he brings them close and they're on his knees at first and then he, he puts them in front of him and And this is what he does. I love this. It it says, Israel said to Joseph, I didn't even think I'd see you. Now I see your children. And then, there it is in verse 15. Then he blessed Joseph. If you ask me, what is the very best thing I could do for my grandchildren? Or if it's, in your case, great nieces and great nephews, I would say this to you. Love their parents. Love their parents. Jacob publicly, visibly, audibly loves Joseph in this moment and the two boys are watching and they get to see it. They get to see that blessing and that love of father to son. And believe me when I say this is, the audience is listening. They, they have a front row seat and they get to see it. And I wish every next generation of the family would get to see the generation before, loved by the previous generation, grandfathers loving fathers and daughters and then the grandchildren as well, grandmothers loving them. We see that in this story. And then listen to the words that he speaks. He says, may the God, and then he begins to describe that God, the Lord who presides. Listen to what he says, before whom my my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked. Jacob says, my family's always walked in the presence of God. It's Acts 17, verse 28, where where Paul, speaking on the Areopagus to the people in Athens, says, this God is not very far from any of us because in him we live and we move and we have our being, as though God were the oxygen that unknowingly we breathe and the one who enables us to live. That's what Jacob says. This is the God who presides over all. He's the God who provides. He says the shepherd. Interesting that Jacob would describe him that way. This family is a family of shepherds. They live in Goshen in Egypt because um, that's where the shepherds lived. And, And Jacob has been a shepherd. He knows what that is. And he has found, even before Psalm 23, he has found that the Lord is his shepherd. I wonder if we have found that, that God is the one who guides us, that God is the one who provides for us, the one who meets all of our needs. Dallas Willard said, many more people have the Lord is my shepherd written on their tombstones than have it written on their lives. You know the story perhaps of the famous orator who was asking for requests from the crowd and somebody said, would you recite Psalm 23? And he looked to see who asked. It was an elderly gentleman. Turned out it was a minister. He said, I will if you'll do it as well. And so the minister slowly made his way to the platform. The orator interpreted Psalm 23 magnificently. It was beautiful. There was this marvelous round of applause for him. And then the minister took his turn and said, the Lord is my shepherd. 
And when he finished, nobody applauded because there was not a dry eye in the room. And the orator explained, I know Psalm 23, but this man knows the shepherd. Jacob knew the shepherd on a firsthand basis, as William Barclay says, he was wonderfully thick with the Almighty. Don't stop in your relationship with God till you get to that point because that's what you have to offer to the next generation, a living relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what you have to give them for an inheritance. That's all you have to give them for an inheritance. So love the Lord Know him, the Lord who presides, the Lord who provides, the Lord who protects. He says the angel, using that expression, the angel of the Lord who has delivered me from all evil, who has protected me from all harm. The ESV delivered me from all evil, reminding us of Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Jesus taught us to pray, but deliver us from evil. God is a great deliverer who has delivered us. I I thought about that this week, and I thought about this song. I heard Lester saying this years ago, um, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Is that your story? Because that's mine. Day by day by day, as the years roll on, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Tell the next generation... Psalm 78, tell your children and their children, tell the next generation about this great God whom we know personally. And then, here's the second part of the blessing. Trust that God to protect and provide and preside over their lives as well. Do you hear it as he prays this blessing for them? Hebrews 11, verse 21 is the New Testament uh, telling of this story. Just in a single verse, it says, and And when Jacob was about to die, when he was almost dead, he he placed his hands on Joseph's sons and he blessed them as he worshiped the Lord, leaning on his staff. Imagine that. Our children and grandchildren seeing that worship is a priority in our lives and then it becoming a priority in in their lives as well. May they be, look at verse 16, may they be, blessings always begin with may because only God has the power to bless. May they be called by my name. Now here's Jacob and he's he's worried like a lot of us are about legacy. What will the story tell? What will the, the world tell when it tells my story to future generations? And he hopes the name goes forward. Maybe your family's like mine. At one point, Um, Back in uh, about 1936, there was only one male Brooks in our line still living. Now, um, by providence, uh, God gave him two sons, uh, my uncle and my father, and they had between them seven sons and a daughter, and our four sons on our side have had nine sons. Something the name's okay. You know, I think uh, it'll go forward. But um, there was a point at which our family was concerned about that. And when I look at this story, I'm reminded that he wants his name to go forward. But beyond that, he says, may they increase greatly. His vision for them is bright. And this is what a blessing is. When you envision a bright future for your grandchildren, you say, I know God has great things in store for you. Our prayer is that they will grow. But we know 
if they really grow, that someday they will go away. It's in that Wayne Watson song that we loved when our boys were little, the watercolor ponies that are on that are on the refrigerator and someday the, water po- the watercolor ponies ride away. And so I checked Facebook this morning. I confess it, I stalk my sons and I, I checked Facebook this morning just to see what time they get in and all of that. You can always tell by what time they last post. And so Chase, our son whom we left in Arkansas last week, he posts 50 new pictures. You know, he's a photographer and he posts 50 new pictures and he calls the album when life began. <laughs> when life, when I left home, that's when life began. <laughs> Melly and I just put a post on his Facebook and said, so what were we, the prequel? You know, <laughs> we were the prequel to when life began. But it's good, isn't it? When life begins for them, when they begin to own their own relationship with God, when, when that which has been so real to you becomes so real to them, bless that moment. Bless that moment when they own relationship with God and say, your God is my God. And it will always be that way. This is our hope and our prayer for our children. This is the blessing that he pronounces. And then he says, upon the earth, he later will say to Joseph, I'm going to give you that ridge that I took from the Amorites with my own bow. There's not a whole lot of blessing uh, to the sons. A couple of them are singled out, Joseph and and Judah. But, But in Judah's line, there is this promise that someday a ruler will come from Judah's line whose eyes are dark as wine whose clothes are washed in wine. And I couldn't help but think that Jacob, even so many hundreds of years before, envisioned a time when God would raise up a ruler, a Messiah, if you will. I don't know what your grandparents left to you. I don't know what your inheritance is from them. Maybe they left you land. Maybe they left you property. But but I noticed that he promises them the earth. And I thought, what will, what will God ultimately give to us? We may never inherit land from our family, but what if God gave us, as he promises, through this ruler who descends from Judah, a new heaven and a new earth? Wouldn't that be a great inheritance from God? They say my grandfather Clarence had a, a pocket watch that he got from his grandfather. And I, the rumor was that he was going to give it to one of his grandsons. And, and to my knowledge, I don't know if he ever did. I never heard about it if he did. And I always thought if he gave it to one, it would make the other ones upset. And the truth is, I suppose his grandsons could go out and buy their own pocket watches if they wanted to. But I remember one time we were up there and uh, we were there sitting under the shade tree. And my grandfather said to my dad, why don't, why don't we go over and see one of my stores? He had uh, Brooks Trading Post up there in Pasco, Washington. And It was a kind of a furniture store. And so we went over to the store and he was showing my dad all the stuff that he had. And there in one of those chairs was a book. It was called Day by Day with Billy Graham. And here I was, a a young teenager who had surrendered to preach. And I picked it up and started reading it. And when it was time to leave, my grandfather said, why don't you take that? And so I did. And this week, I I thought about that. You know, what spiritual heritage do we receive? At that point in his life, my grandfather, as far as anybody knew, was not a believer in Christ. But I remember him giving me that book. And it turned out, you know, when I first started preaching, 
I read that, that book, and that's where I got some of my first illustrations. And so I asked Cindy, my assistant, where is that book? And we looked in my office. It wasn't there. There's another place where I keep some of my books. And I went over there, and I, I found this book, and I thought about the heritage and the legacy of a grandfather who, who saw that I had a heart for these things and gave this to me. And it was some seven or eight years later when I was in my graduate work at Baylor that I received a call from my dad. He said, your grandpa's really sick. You need to go and see him. He wants you to talk to him about the Lord. And so we sat out under those trees and I told him how to receive Christ as his savior. And he prayed and received the Lord. There as he was close to death, he, he was getting dialysis. He had a shunt in his arm, but he wrapped it up in his bib overalls and went down to the local Baptist church and they held him under till he bubbled and they brought him out and he became brand new in Jesus Christ. And all the sins that I'd heard about in his life, Jesus died for all of those. This descendant of Judah became my grandfather's inheritance. My boys know that story. My dad had a front row seat to it. But I'm hoping someday I'll get to tell my grandchildren about when their great-grandfather became a follower of Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your love and your mercy that are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, for visiting us in worship. Help us, I pray, to take seriously your call to be followers of Jesus Christ. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.